0: Hello, Salam, and welcome to another episode of the AJAM Podcast. I'm your host, Rustin, and today I'm here with Leili Gafarova, an independent filmmaker based in Baku and the co-creator of Salam Cinema. It's nice to have you today, Leili.
1: Thank you. Hi, Rustin.
0: It's a pleasure to have you on the show because we're good friends and we go way back with some of the other projects for AJAM, but... This is a very timely interview because this is in the middle of a process between you and the landlords about the future of Salam Cinema in this this space which is a beautiful 1913 historical building in the heart of Baku that is about to be demolished. Can you tell us a little bit about how did Salam Cinema start? What was the the goal of Salam Cinema and why is it important to have such a space for movies and this cinematic history to be community driven in Baku for example?
1: It's a good question because like three years ago when I arrived in uh, Baku, I saw that there is not a place for alternative cinema. I discovered that there were still old cinema theatres. There were actually a lot of them back in the days in the Soviet times. But one by one, many of them have been uh, demolished. And uh, then the idea kind of started to give the architectural Buildings their um, original function, and we found actually also in the heart of a city um, a film theater which was called Vatan. You translate it as Vatan, uh, yeah. Homeland. Homeland, and it was amazing because th- there was a big salon and it became a t- a tea house, and people could play billiard and ping pong there. There was a zoo shop. Uh, there was darzi as well there, a uh, the place where you can fix your Closed. Oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> and there was a small salon where, for three manats, you could uh, go and watch a movie there with a projector that dated from 90s and uh, old movies that the man had in the shelves. And I think mainly couples used this place, like to, you know, to get intimate. And uh, that's how it actually started. We loved how you know organically a community was created in in this old cinema, and we just wanted to give you know whatever that was missing to show films. That's how it uh, kind of started. And so two years ago, uh, one day we came there as an old tradition to talk to the guy to planify our uh, next screening, but the building was already gone. So somewhere in the middle of the night, (laughs) the building has been demolished, even though I think the owners themselves were not allowed to enter. It was a very weird story, but it was too late already. And then Ilkin and I, we kind of worked on our own projects and... Last year, we started to think like we have to, you know, start again. And this time we should have a space. We started uh, looking for space and really everything went much more organically. First thing we wanted to do is actually just screen good movies. And uh, while we were searching for a place, we found this amazing old uh, Malkan prayer house, which, as you said, dated from uh, 1913. And it was kind of abandoned in a very... Uh, Bad stage. And uh, somehow, very magically, we could uh, enter the building by talking to the security, and they kind of agreed to rent it out. And for one and a half months, we started to do um, renovations ourselves. And that's how actually the community building started, because everyone had started to come with uh, paint in their hands, with brushes, like I want to contribute, our friends, friends of our friends, and People, some people we have never seen in our life, and um, so we understood like, okay, this, this is not just going to be a cinema. This is going to be again an, a community that is being created in an organic way. And uh, the idea was to do downstairs a chaihana, but then chaihana, which will be more gender balance, where women also will be able to uh, drink tea. And uh, the up floor would be used for exhibition space, and the big salon would become. A cinema which, which has happened, actually, yeah.
0: Since Salaam Cinema has been founded, what sort of events have you put on? What sort of film screenings have you had? What, what, uh, what are some of the films that you've chosen?
1: Um, we have uh, screened really different movies. Our main goal is not to screen commercial ones, because those are being already dominated on the cinema screens in uh, Baku and Azerbaijan. We want to support the um, local filmmaking Uh, We want to support the history of local filmmaking. So we also screened silent movies from 1926, from 1930s, which uh, young artists and musicians are accompanying live uh, with live music on it. For example, these films are very important because, first of all, you see how Baku used to be back in the days. You see the streets, you see sometimes even documental uh, scenes in it, which were not fiction. Uh, Like in the movie Bismillah, you could see the Maharam scene that was really happening in 1926. So I think that is important to share with our generation because where could they see that uh, elsewhere?
0: you mentioned 1926 this is right at the the heart of the soviet and atheism campaign right
1: exactly exactly and at the same time also the campaign of woman liberation
0: hujum in central asia right? yeah
1: and it, it's really crazy because those movies and their teams and the issues are still actually very actual nowadays you know i think that when we have been screening these movies our community and local people are you know they're still you know, carrying these issues in their heart because some of those issues, especially gender issues and women issues, have still not been uh, you know, resolved uh, completely. Um, we also support uh, young filmmakers who screen their movies. We also have discussions about them. But also like foreign movies uh, of young directors, classics, uh, everything that our generation hasn't been able to see on a big screen. We mainly want to propagate, actually, also gender-balanced uh, way. We want to propagate female filmmakers who want to propagate LGBT stories for example as well so kind of everything that contradicts to whatever already exists (laughs) in Baku yeah like as you know the cinemas in Azerbaijan they're commercial and they also screen commercial movies and the problem is also when there is an independent movie made in Azerbaijan they get only maybe one day of a screening because mainly they don't have the money to remain in the cinema and also like they don't advertise it in the right way so all local independent cinema, you know, ends up somewhere in the director's shelves and uh, not so many people get to see it. We try to support them, we invite the directors and also the space, I think, attracts a certain kind of people because when our local directors have uh, already had their screening here, they were like, before I thought no one wants to see these movies here in Azerbaijan, you know? And apparently there is a community that is interested. Um, There is a need uh, to support uh, local filmmaking. There is a need to advocate for them, and uh, uh, people are super interested.
0: In terms of historical films, how are you getting these films? Are you going to local archives?
1: Uh, yeah, luckily I have become friends with a person who works in the National Archive, and each time I go there and we talk, he knows really a lot about uh, films, so each time I also find something new from him, and uh, this is how we actually get uh, the movies uh, to be screened here. Unfortunately, I'm not so very happy about the, <laughs> the quality of the digitalization of the movies. I think there are some of them that have been done quite well, but not all of them. There are some movies where, for example, the text in the silent movies uh, has been even cut off or or the image has been cut off. So it's like um, we wish there should be more attention to, to this archive. So how we screen, for example, the silent movies, we uh, work with young artists or sometimes there are foreign artists that are coming. Like, for example, Sunday, there will be a Chilean saxophonist who's going to play under the the movie Ismat, which talks about the first female pilot, I think, in the East even. It's not using a traditional classical music. Even sometimes there are artists who work with digital sound and yeah, (laughs) we experiment as well.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. And one of the major draws, as you mentioned, about Salaam Cinema is the space that you're in, which is this fantastic, beautiful building. And as we're recording this interview, we're actually in this building, which was this, as you mentioned, a Molokhan prayer room from the early 20th century. Well, first of all, uh, Molakans might be a term you haven't heard of. Who are the Molokans, for example? How does their history fit the fabric of Baku? And how has this space been kind of at the centerpiece of Salaam Cinema?
1: It's a very interesting story because Malkans are being considered to be a minority group in Azerbaijan. I think they're Russian, but they didn't want to accept the Orthodox Church. They don't use icons, they don't use really churches. And um, they had to flee Russia because they could not practice their religion in uh, in Russia. So they were welcome in Baku, and it's really crazy that in, uh, in the 20th century, not only they were welcomed, they were also being able to build a house where they could, you know, unite in the center of the city. This is, yeah, how the story of this building starts. So in 1913, this building was built to unite all Molokans in Azerbaijan. They would come here and pray here. But then very shortly afterwards... As we know, the Bolshevik revolution happens, and they were not so (laughs) happy with any religion, but uh, at least they didn't destroy the building. What happened to the building, it became a radio station. So, like, you could hear Dan Shurbaki, the the buck was talking and uh, this sound would come out from this building and when we actually entered uh, most of the things that were uh, remained actually remained from the radio station we found a lot of journals and and some weird lamps and and postcards and whatever like that remained from the soviet time and um uh, it was really fantastic even the down floor which will come later maybe, had the original state of the reception of the Soviet radio station, and um, it was really beautiful. Afterwards, uh, we are not sure about like, the exact dates. There are really not so much information on this building or what happened later, but the building got privatized, and it has been rented out for uh, offices. But when we came here, it was in a you know, very bad stage. So yeah, this is kind of the chronicle of the building.
0: You know, Baku's going through this tremendous sort of urban development project. Um, a lot of historical buildings, old neighborhoods are being demolished to make way for high density housing, luxury condos, um, but also public parks, transportation infrastructure. As you mentioned, just recently, maybe in the last couple of days, the landowner has contacted you and said that you must vacate this building.
1: Yes. So, so the thing is that when we came here, we knew that the building is planned to be destroyed. This was uh, in January 2019. We couldn't even get a normal contract uh, because of that. And We were ready to take that risk because we knew that if we go inside of the building, maybe we'll be able to save it. We didn't know what are the dates for the building to be destroyed. This was never clear. And as in Baku, so many things are about to be destroyed and you never know, it can take like 10 years, it can take one month. We thought maybe we will have time. We will have time to make the building visible, to attract people to it, to create a community and then save the building. So we started doing that. We started to do renovation. We started to screen movies, having exhibitions. As I said, the down floor should have made place for a Ceykhana. But in March, just right after the Novrus, we went out of the city and we came back and our down floor was destroyed and no one is taking the blame everyone is blaming each other and it's very unclear and after talks we could stay here until the building would be destroyed this was uh, this is what has been told to us but they didn't know when this building is going to be destroyed and just recently I think because we start to get so much attention and support of people and people really had to start to see like okay that demolition is actually starting not even the landlord, but his helper uh, has contacted us that we should leave without even giving us any dates. And uh, yeah, this is when we have started this campaign, like, okay, let's save the building, let's make the building historical. And now our fate is very unclear. The owner has told us yesterday that we have to get out tomorrow. But if we get out, it means that the building will not be there as well. So we're not going to get out but I have no idea <laughs> what is waiting there for us.
0: So are you planning on staying in this building? Like always having somebody in here? Yes,
1: right? yes, yes. From the moment that uh, the situation has speeded up and they want us out from that moment, we have never left the building alone. Each time someone else is staying here to prevent something to happen during the night because what can happen is that they can destroy something more to make the building not usable and then say like, yeah, okay, so the building is in a very bad state. It should be destroyed. So there is someone... Uh, Always staying here, we have uh, written a letter to the font and other places to make the building historical. But this is a procedure that takes longer time. Unfortunately, we are informing our community. Our community is sharing, uh, like on a maximum level, what they can do. And now actually people from different organizations have started to approach us, like, okay, what's happening? How can we help? And stuff like that. But we're now talking really about the recent two days that have hidden up like this. Yeah, we're doing all we can. We're staying here. And like the day before yesterday, the helper of the owner came here. He was about to cut off the electricity. He was about to destroy the stairs on which we were standing while the people were also upstairs. And as we're having this Sunday, tomorrow we have an Euroimagine tones festival in which European delegations and embassies are involved. I called the organizer of the festival, like, okay, please come here because, you know, we're losing, <laughs> we're losing the building where your festival is going to take place. And just on the moment when the stairs were about to get destroyed, uh, the organizer came and with the paper of the festival, like, hey, guy, this is going to be a very big shame <laughs> if, we, if we don't have a space for Sunday. So this is how we actually won time. They were about to destroy immediately, actually, and this is how we want time till tomorrow. It's
0: amazing that the festival was able to save it until the day, but after tomorrow, as you mentioned, things will be uncertain again. And at least in social media, you know, we're in similar circles. I've seen so much outpouring of support and um, you've done a really fantastic job of raising awareness of this building and this demolition. For example, BBC Azerbaijan had an article that just came out this morning. Pile, a very amazing architecture organization here, has written about it. So I think that like, I must commend you on how you've been able to spread the word, and that's fantastic. What would you want you know, people to think about or to know about this space, just in case if it's no longer here?
1: In, in my reality, it's not possible that the building will not be there, so I really believe that we are going to be able to prevent this building from demolition but only thing i can ask is uh, be there with us be part of our community and we'll see we will see what happens but we're not going to get out that easily i guess
0: we are in solidarity with you and with what salam cinema stands for but also what this building means to the historical landscape of Baku, as someone who's very much interested in standing in the in the face of a lot of the rampant urban development that is happening, to preserve some of the the character of the city, we commend your efforts here. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, and really thank you to all the community that has been there for us because without them it wouldn't be possible. I think, yeah.
0: So for our listeners, that was Leila Gafarova. Uh, she is the co-director and co-organizer of Salam Cinema. A space in Baku that is under threat right now. So for those of you who are interested in learning more about Salaam Cinema, we have links on our social media pages. So please check it out. Until next time.